From the teachings of his grandfather, Luke Spencer came to know the gifts of nature, its lessons, its care, and its warmth to heal. Luke watched his grandfather at a knee-height age, in his worn dickies, safety shoes tending and nurturing the tomatoes, runner beans, and peppers in his greenhouse, and running down the garden path with them fresh in a brown paper bag to gift to Nanny for her casserole. Luke experienced the gift of reciprocity, that we can heal and nurture nature as much as it heals and nurtures us. It's these affectionate memories Luke comes back to on long walks along the south coast of England, where he engages with the sensory experience of being within the world and wild. Through experiencing the difficulties that anxiety can bring within daily life, walking in nature provided a way for Luke to invite these emotions in, sit with them, sheltered by the trees for a while, to respect and honor them rather than to push them away. In his creative practice, he centers these personal experiences of communing with nature. He looks to engage with our sensory relationship with nature through a curiosity of how mindfulness approaches such as somatic dance and regenerative methods can benefit our health and connection to the earth. It is this intertwining of science, spirit, and story that is present throughout Luke Spencer's work. Through still and moving image, sound, and installation, he explores how being in nature, in the words of Robin Wall Kimmerer, can be a medicine for our broken relationship with the earth, a pharmacopoeia of healing stories that allows us to imagine a relationship in which people and land are good medicine for each other. Hi, Luke. Hi, Morgan. Welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, where are you right now? Um, so I'm in Bournemouth at the moment. I've recently just moved from Brighton back um, back here, um, which has been nice to start um, a new job. So yeah, it's really, really exciting. You know, is there anything you particularly love or appreciate about where you're from? So the south coast is like a massive, massive part of my life in the sea. Uh, so even now, coming back to like coming to Bournemouth again after like three years of university, the like beach and the sea has always been like a like go to point where I've been like stressed or like anxious with my studies. Um, so yeah, it's always been quite confident. So yeah, I'm always drawn to the sea, um, and yeah, sort of the woodland spaces as well. Um, you know, Bournemouth's got the new forest, which I you know, love to walk in. And same with back home in Brighton, there's the South Downs. Um, yeah, so I just love walking in that landscape. Yeah, you have a strong relationship to place and land in your practice. Is that new or has that kind of always been there for you? I think it's been there for quite a long time. Um, I feel like in my sort of teenage years through going to my like grandfather's garden quite a lot and sort of that experience of being in there that sort of space and watching him sort of like tend for these like plants and like fruit and vegetables that he'd grow I've kind of had this like deep sort of attachment to yeah to places from sort of then really 
even yeah through sort of my studies at university and coming back to like the same sort of places over and over again and revisiting them that's kind of been quite a common thread in my practice that sort of nostalgia of um yeah feeling comfortable within these sort of natural spaces Mm, I love that yeah I have that in my practice too I'm more interested in being in a space than sort of exploring a space and tend to go back to the same places over and over whereas some people I guess are real explorers what are you working on in your artistic practice right now let's get right into it yeah um so at the moment I'll kind of if I'm honest, having a bit of a like break from like university studies, it's been quite a sort of an intense like three years of yeah, sort of my practice has changed like so much in that time. Um, so I'm just having that time to be sort of like gentle with myself and to sort of reflect on what it is that I'm kind of interested in. Um but I think at the moment it's a lot of reflection, a lot of journaling. But I'm very kind of becoming sort of deeply drawn to this kind of idea of like a regenerative practice and what that can kind of what that kind of means. Uh, yeah, I guess at the moment I'm kind of finding that out. But I, I think for me at the moment it's about sort of a regenerative aspect of like the process and how sort of environmentally I can be with like my practice is kind of great grounded in like photography and like moving image and film so how i can be more sustainable with the methods of like producing the work but also i guess regenerative in the way of like sort of i guess being fulfilling for your well-being and for your yeah sort of state of mind and how i guess drawing like feeling connected to both that process and both it sort of the physical process of making or sort of connecting with others through collaboration yeah let's go back so tell us a little bit about your artistic training because you are formally trained i kind of came into photography through sort of like gcse sort of secondary school um in the uk um kind of always been very creative throughout sort of my life like drawing sketching that sort of thing and then yeah i sort of fell upon photography and sort of school just yeah fell in love with it really and then sort of documentary based to sort of start off with it's very sort of like observational in how i'd like go to places and sort of you know just walk in places and just take photos of like flowers and that kind of thing and then it kind of went on a bit of a tangent in college i guess had a bit of a weird phase of like looking at like dystopias and looking at like how sort of our actions and like the planet it's, it's kind of free going to university kind of come across i think free sort of like personal difficulties with sort of the university experience and kind of obviously been my university experience was through in covid and the pandemic and sort of how that impacted me kind of came across yeah somatics and mindfulness and again reconnected sort of with that bond with nature are you open to sharing some of the the personal difficulties of university? I'm just exiting a master's yeah. pro- program myself, so go for it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I think I think university has been a very rewarding experience, but it's also been very sort of difficult in terms of with the pandemic 
connecting with people. Um, I guess I had a kind of expectation going into university that I'd be connecting with a lot of people and that didn't really happen um, for quite, well, for probably, I don't know, about two years of the course. It's sort of it's like sort of struggling to connect with other people. And I guess sort of that, I guess isolation kind of made me, I don't know, kind of gravitate towards those sort of natural spaces. Um, and I guess, I don't know, I think for university as well, it's a bit, it's quite a hard place to work in because you'll kind of feel like at times you're kind of trying to prove yourself and whether that's, I don't know, like a personal thing that I have, or it's just kind of that sort of culture. It kind of sort of struggled to start off with, with finding what I sort of really found fulfilling, you know, I feel like the, I feel like the creative process is like, for me, it's valid enough. Coming out of the academy myself right now, which I think in the arts, it's probably pretty similar in the UK and in the States, but I don't know. But I think there's a lot of focus on critique and critical thinking about our work. And that is really good in the sense that and I don't know if artists do this or are encouraged to do this more than other professionals or scholars, but you're sort of like forced to look critically at yourself, the ethics of your practice, and what is it that you're really here to make, right? Like, what is it that you're here really here to create? And when you dig really deep in that, it's complicated because no longer is it okay to sort of appropriate or imitate other people, but you have to have your own ideas and your own point of view. And that's still informed by everything we're taking in from other artists and thinkers. And, and how do you kind of navigate finding your own voice? And that is not an easy process. So I think university is good for that, but then it also can cripple cripple the creative process <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, at least that was my experience so I don't think it's a personal problem <laughs> um, but what's what's beautiful about the recent work I've seen you do um, in collaboration with some movement artists is this value of connection and collaboration and so will you share a little bit about that project you recently exhibited with your friend that's a dancer yeah definitely um so that was so this project um it's called this two shall pass and it's basically looking at i guess embodiment of sort of yeah difficult emotions such as anxiety um it's kind of sort of something personally i've kind of had quite a lot of experience throughout my life and i guess yeah i was kind of interested with sort of moving away from sort of all the work I was making before that was very like self-portraiture using myself and that for me that it was kind of too personal and I needed a bit of distance away from that um because I felt like I was making sort of the same the same like photographs 
And I was kind of interested in to see how could I collaborate with someone that would bring their own sort of perspective on it. So with the dance of the movement artists I collaborated with, Jenna, um, I kind of met them through like a, a sheet I was assisting on with my friend um, and kind of, yeah, just decided um, in third year just to put an open call out because um, I'm lucky enough um, at my university there's a dance course there. Um, so I put out an open call and luckily, yeah, she she responded. Um, and kind of from that, we just kind of worked together and sort of started off in the studio looking at looking at improvisation, I guess, with those sort of initial sessions we did in the studio. I think for me, it was very much about sort of embodying like a feeling or an emotion. Um, so I was kind of giving prompts. Um, so there's things like, could you move like the fluidity of water? Um, could you embody like this tree? Could you embody like this anxious state of being? And it was very much a process of allowing sort of Jenna to express herself and not kind of getting in the way and just sort of filming these initial sessions and just finding sort of patterns or flows within the movement to kind of revisit. And yeah, kind of from that, taking those initial sessions into the landscape and working with the landscape in terms of sort of like points of contact and looking at a lot of like sort of contact work um, with like trees um, and then kind of with the final sort of video that I produced um, in collaboration with with her we yeah we just kind of went uh, what is it called um, this kind of cliff face in, um, in Dorset and yeah a lot of did like a lot of contact work around that sort of rocks there so what I see in this choice to work with Jenna is you as the documentarian is like a generous act is like a generous act of inviting someone into this collaboration so that you can almost like create a memory around some of these just explorations but there's this interesting and i look at this with like you no know, critique of the performance of being the documentarian like, what is that? What do you get out of that, of being the witness, the seer? Are you learning? Like, what is your somatic experience as you're documenting? Are you also kind of empathizing with Jenna, like experiencing what she's experiencing as you document? Or are yeah. you just observing? Or, yeah, go for it. Probably, yeah, observation kind of comes up for me quite a lot. And I guess, yeah, throughout sort of the camera work, the sort of movement in that, I guess, and there's a, some like a sort of presence or feeling present in the body or being in that moment when you're moving with the camera. Because, yeah, in like our sort of initial sessions when I was starting to like do all the filming myself, that kind of was a very sort of like raw thing that came up for me. It was kind of just being like, absorbed in that moment um and being very conscious of like how you'd move um even with like the final piece of um that we shot so i should kind of say as well with that final piece i worked with like a team of people um so my friend ollie and joe um joe very kindly sort of 
did a lot of the camera work for that last video and I sort of like directed. But I think that I think the funny thing about that is there was like three of us moving with Jenna, like the camera, the like, I guess, movement director, if you like, and then like the assistant holding the umbrella in the rain, <laughs> all just like following and like moving in these like unique ways, like squatting, like panning up and that sort of thing. So yeah, I guess that kind of state of presence within that movement kind of comes up for me. It's this like listening, seeing, witnessing, responding in the moment. Yeah, that's that's really all of that is really interesting to me. It's like you have a very contemplative photography practice. What does regenerative art mean to you? I think from that process of making the sort of power in that to sort of heal and reflect. Um and I guess grow and develop as a person in a nurturing, a kind of nurturing way. I find that when we're embodying the full nature of something difficult, like say grief or rage or anxiety, right? Like it's not one dimensional. It's not just one thing happening, which is why language can sometimes be a real obstacle to expression. And art or any medium of art really can be a way to give voice to the complexity of all of that. I'm thinking about the images of you that are self-portraits and that are these beautiful, they're really beautiful, Luke. And I know what it's like to put yourself in front of the camera, regardless of having an audience you know, and to question, like, why does this matter? There's something really beautiful about taking off all the masks, right? And being in the land, in a place. But yeah, it's really sensitive and it's really um, vulnerable. What motivated you to make those portraits? Um, I think that kind of came at a time... I was kind of quite confused within my practice and I was kind of very unsure of where I was going, I guess. Um, there's a lot of frustration, um, sort of trying to make these photos that weren't really, nothing was really sort of clicking or coming into place. And yeah, I think, I think I kind of remember going into yeah, like the New Forest one day um kind of being inspired by I guess sort of sort of sublime and sort of that sort of painting style that sort of romantic sort of paintings um and then photographically um the work of like Esther Teichman some that's um someone whose work I kind of really like resonates with me and really impactful and I guess yeah looking at I guess how to be vulnerable within those spaces I think that sort of nakedness in the in the images kind of tries to portray that vulnerability, um, specifically in the in the photograph of like myself crouched down with the water, like the reflection. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that one. Um, I guess kind of how that vulnerability helps us to like reflect on things and 
reflect on, I guess, yeah, like trauma and difficulty within our lives. Beautiful. Yes. I think we're thinking about a lot of the same things in our work. Yeah. How do I collaborate with other people or or work in the medium of performance without doing harm to my own body, my sense, my own self, without doing harm to other people and without doing harm to the planet? And when you really look at those things, <laughs> it's like it almost strips the practice down to its like most simple, basic um, essence. I think that's really beautiful, but when you're when you're doing that, it might feel a little sticky. Where did you have someone behind the camera for those portraits? Yes. So that the person that's taking those photos is like probably my good, probably my best friend Dolly. I've kind of known him since college. We've met at college and we've both gone to the same university, started on the same course, and now actually funny enough, we're living together. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, there's kind of quite a strong strong bond there of trust um so yeah i kindly asked him if he wouldn't mind yeah taking those taking those photos of with me um so yeah there isn't i guess again that's another aspect of collaboration again sort of in that trust of being sort of vulnerable with him and him sort of seeing me like naked and sort of raw state in nature yeah and i guess again that kind of stems back to sort of collaboration and sort of connecting with others and sort of trusting and others to help how might that process have been different for you had ollie not been behind the camera and perhaps you just set the camera up turned on turned on a video setting i don't know what you would do (laughs) but if if it was you and the camera versus you the camera and ollie yeah i think it probably would have been more it sounds very weird me saying this, but it probably would have been more uncomfortable for me because you're kind of in the landscape on your own and there's kind of no one there. And I guess that kind of plays into, I guess, the idea of being vulnerable, but then, I don't know, others, bit like sort of members of the public stumbling, stumbling on your, um, on your vulnerability. Um, what if you had staged that in front of a public audience? Oh, yeah, that would have been that probably would have been something I probably would have been quite resistant towards. <laughs> I think not. I've not really had that sort of confidence. Um, and I guess in sort of yeah, being naked in those photos that kind of allowed me to build on that confidence. But it's still, I guess, doing it in a public space would. I don't know. I've, kind of still make me uncomfortable but then again you could argue that people are still sort of seeing you you sort of naked and vulnerable in these images be it you know be a print be a print of it or be it on like a screen so yeah right yeah it's almost it's almost like fascinating to me how much wearing a piece of clothing or being you know behind a camera makes us feel protected and what are we feeling protected from mm-hmm. and there's a lot there's a lot of juice there what do you think it was that people liked about those photos so much 
Oh, that's a good question. I want to say the vulnerability, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's just me projecting. Um, no, I, I think that comes through really strong, but then there's this element as the person in the in the photo. And even as you think about having a regenerative healing process, you know, when we document something, are we exposing something? Mm-hmm. And that exposure doesn't come through in those photos for me and those pieces. It's it's definitely vulnerability. But as the person making, we might question, what am I exposing? Or do, does, ex, does exposure equal good art? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Can I ask you about uh, if there's any for you, any experience of masculinity, femininity, or gender that is expressed in those pieces? I don't know. I mean, it's a, yeah, probably masculinity, but in terms of going against the sort of norm of what masculinity is, and kind of trying to look at, I guess, the dual, like dual aspects of things, really. And I wouldn't say trying to raise awareness, but trying to make people feel comfortable or make make at least men feel comfortable being vulnerable. I'm lucky enough to sort of have parents that are kind of very sort of generous and very kind and caring um, and allow me to sort of share those sort of feelings. But I think for a long time, sort of like at school and that sort of thing, vulnerability was kind of, I guess, looked down upon and not really, no one would, Sicily is like a man, no one would really, sort of share those things does anything else come up for you around like you know masculinity and your practice and art in your life uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah it's just com- it's just trying to be a comfortableness to sort of be yourself and again yeah express sort of your anxiety or your worry but I guess, I guess for me to be comfortable in just who you are as a person and not care about how you look, how you dress, I guess, yeah, with like the body, how um, I'm a very tall person, very sort of skinny person, be comfortable with, within that. Um, there's a lot of times throughout my life, I kind of, that was kind of looked down upon and kind of picked upon for that appearances so i think within that masculinity an acceptance of who you are yeah that comes up for me quite strongly in that work i want to go back to this regenerative conversation specifically the idea of having a slow practice and i'm thinking of like how some artists who work in textiles have like a slow stitching practice. And I think a lot about how I can uh, apply a non-urgent methodology to my own work. What does that bring up for you? In terms of sort of slowing down, I guess that time to reflect um, to reflect on things and not be too like judgmental um 
about if you've not made mistakes and not to kind of beat yourself up on like the failures that you kind of see within the work? I understand urgency as a trauma response. And in a way, the choice to make something slow and to give it time is is kind of a rebellious act. It's a little bit of a political act because um, we're living in this age of media and of you don't exist if you're not putting work out or content out or images out. The choice to make something slow is is in its own way a um, a resistance to like the dominant way of thinking. Yeah, especially I think within the arts, there's always this pressure to be sort of known or recognized or to, I guess, to almost like prove yourself in that industry. Um, Be that sort of like you said, trying to sort of put on your Instagram or your social media feed, look at all, you know, look at all the amazing work I'm producing. And sometimes or like I found with sort of sort of personal experiences beforehand and sort of being too hasty to post work and share work, I've kind of not had enough time to sort of digest what it actually means to me and not have enough time to like reflect on it. Who inspires you, Luke? Who are some of your great influences? Kind of a lot of writers, I think. I kind of do a lot of reading over the summer. I read Braden Sweet Grass by Robin Wall Kimmerer and that that like really unlocked something, I think, and really that kind of notion of like reciprocity and giving something um to the land and the land kind of gifting something to you. I think that's kind of something now it's really I guess behind that notion of the whole regenerative practice. I think I'm very interested in seeing how I guess I could make more sort of moving image more film work but with alternative processes that aren't as damaging to nature and the land and i think something else that kind of has resonated with me through you sort of saying about what's kind of my influences and who inspires me it sounds pretty i don't know pretty cliche but yeah my grandfather is kind of that was he was one of my sort of biggest influences i guess because i guess without him and his garden and just watching that that's that sort of childhood experience of, of watching him in the garden like growing these vegetables and tending in his greenhouse to like the tomato plants and all that sort of thing yeah i just probably wouldn't have developed that love with nature <laughs> yeah he's really he's a very kind and generous person he he was always gifting things to people. Um, that's kind of a long-lasting memory I have of him. Be it, I mean, be it his um his famous Christmas puddings. He used mm-hmm. to always give them to people. Um and even like even now at 22, when I um used to go around his his house, he'd always have like these like brown paper bags with like veggie he'd like cut from their garden and like give it to us. So yeah. So yeah, I think that's kind of one of my long-lasting memories is sort of his kindness and his generosity with people. What comes up is the power of photographs to 
help us hold on to our family. Yeah. 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 Okay. Who are your other influences? <laughs> um, I guess photographically, as I've just mentioned, like Esther Teichman's very someone that kind of resonates with me a lot. Like her images I feel very sort of ethereal and like dreamlike. And I yeah, I love that. I love her work too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else have I been watched recently? That's really inspired me. As a film I've actually got recommended by my tutor, um, Ben Rivers, Two Years at Sea. Um, I don't know if you've watched that, but that's a very, it's a very beautiful film. Um, it's basically about this man. He's, um, I guess, like a hermit and like lives in sort of Scottish borders on his own. But the beautiful thing about that film is there's no dialogue whatsoever. There's not really much of a narrative. It's just very much just ambient noises, but it, like sort of him humming, like pots and pans. It sounded like footsteps and um, as he's walking in nature um there's this really beautiful scene in the film where i think he's like paddling out on this raft on this lake and there's just like a lot of like splashing a lot of like frantic paddling and then there's just stillness and it's just yeah it's just so beautiful it's like a really really beautiful film you mentioned that you're you're thinking about what to make next do you have any yes. specific ideas I think yes. I'm still kind of, I guess, journaling, journaling a lot and trying to put into sort of context what it kind of looks like. Um, but what comes up for me at the moment is looking again, working with dancers, but in a way, I guess it explores this notion of, without being in danger of anthropomorphizing sort of the human and the natural, looking at this kind of phenomenon of like the, the wood wide web and looking at how sort of these like mycelium networks connect with each other like with the trees connecting with each other and how they kind of support each other be that um you know if a tree's injured the kind of the you know, other trees divert resources off to it and i think i'm kind of interested in looking at that aspect of nature but within dance be it with maybe sort of group work or like couple work and again looking at sort of that notion of like contacts and sort of natural spaces because i think a really sort of poignant moment from sort of the last project i did with jenna which is like footage that i've not actually used in the final thing is we did like some stuff on like this like beach with the sand and then it was very much a lot of like tracing with the body in the sand and making like mark making in the sand and i really like that idea of trying to I guess work look at the like wood wide web and those sort of networks and like neural pathways um through that idea of mark making and sort of the sand or like the, the earth I think that's yeah that's kind of something that's really resonating with me at the moment yeah because there's this dance of life happening underground inside of everything yeah yeah I have really no formal photography background but use the camera a lot in my practice and it's more of like something I set up and and uh, trust <laughs> um do you have any upcoming shows presentations offerings where people can experience your work yeah um 
so luckily enough, uh, one of my good friends, um, Sam, he's got like a photo book platform called Vessel Editions. And he luckily, um, and kindly, sorry, invited me uh, to submit some work for that, um, for a new book that they've recently just made called Common Ground. Um, so if anyone would like, like to sort of check that out, um, I think their Instagram is vessel.books. And yeah, if anyone wants to sort of see my work, um, you can like find me on Instagram at, um, at Luke Spencer um, underscore photo. But yeah, I've got no, no kind of upcoming upcoming things at the moment just slowly working through the process of trying to make some new work and figure things out i think books are amazing portals for art <laughs> i'm a huge fan of books yeah okay luke i mean we don't know each other that well a lot of the people i've interviewed so far i know so well um and so I know funny things about them. <laughs> Is there anything um, like surprising about you? Like, I'm a vegetarian. Um, vegetarian, kind of, yeah, um, yeah. They actually know. I'm quite a boring person. No wonder really, I've not really got many quirks. <laughs> if I was visiting the UK for the first time, what should I do? Yeah, 100% New Forest. I think you'd love the New Forest. It's, um, yeah, so much sort of different types of tree, like shrubbery. It's a particular place in the New Forest that I always gravitate to. Um, it's called like Bewley. Um, you literally get a, like from Bournemouth train station to Bewley. There's like a station there. You literally walk out off the platform and you're just in like wilderness. It's just, yeah, it's just beautiful. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Love it. I'm actually coming there next fall. <laughs> oh, you're so, amazing. Yeah. Are you, so um, I'll have to, I'll have to call you. Visiting? Well, um, we're going to fly into London and then we're hoping to take trains to Scotland. It's a, oh, amazing. a group, a group of friends, but I, we, we haven't really planned it. We know we're going next fall. Nice. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, just to, um, yeah, experience. We all love being outside, so we'll probably center being outside, seeing a little art, journeying around, eating fish and chips. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't have anything else. This was lovely. And thank you so much for your um, sensitivity caring, regenerative, creative practice.